In the Fuzzy Memories podcast, we celebrate the good, the rad, and the fugly of the 80s and 90s. We're three latchkey kids who made it out alive. And in each episode, we break down all the culture that popped one year at a time. Whether it's the birth of legends. I'm Lyme disease free today and I have Whitney Houston and MTV to thank. (laughs) Or audacious moves. Imagine also the the poor Golden Gate Bridge. You turn 75 and people have a party on you. I don't want that. Or even confusing PSAs. In the stop, drop, and roll. I mean, we would, I assume as an adult, I would catch on fire weekly. All the time! (laughs) We've got a take that will make you laugh. We've also got thoughts on all sorts of random phenomena and the most unmitigated of golf. Why sharks can't be trusted, people can't be trusted, and rivers can't be trusted. (laughs) It's collusion. It's of the highest degree! Uh Uh-huh. You were counseling me to start my remarks with, first of all, bitch. <laughs> that one, everyone in that room would have snapped to attention. It's going to be basically coffee lids, shark revenge, and then maybe like Matt gets. <laughs> we need to do something about him. Join us every other Wednesday to celebrate the hits, the misses, and the misfits of the weirdest decades. If I could tell my 14-year-old self from 1990 that I would be eating in a cheesecake factory in, in Beverly, Beverly Hills, I'd be like, we did it. We, we did it, Joe. We did it. <laughs> Listen and subscribe to Fuzzy Memories on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and your favorite podcast platform. with one unique theme, four handpicked book recommendations, and two broads. I'm Erin. And I'm Amy. And this is episode number 12, Simply the Best. And we're gonna try (laughs) singing it, but we can't. It's just better than all the rest. It is better than all the rest. So this week's theme centers on books that we think are better than the movies. Simply the best. Simply the best. And movies... Whoa, that we mm-hmm. think are better than the books. Mind blown. We did it both ways. Yeah. I know what you thought. You thought we were only going to say the books were better because nope. it's broads and books. But like we said, no. we love our pop culture too. We do. And sometimes it's simply the best. Yeah. And we take all material for what it is. <laughs> it doesn't matter if it's a book or a movie. We just love it. We look at it and say yes or no. Yes. Yeah. I don't love things unconditionally. I don't either, either okay. actually. I yeah, was like, no, wow, that's no. a commitment. I'm not willing to. Yeah, so many conditions. <laughs> so many conditions. <laughs> so since our picks this week have a cinematic partner, I thought we'd get into our movie viewing habits. Oh, so mm-hmm. Aaron, mm-hmm. what annoys you in a movie theater? Oh, okay. Um, it starts real early for yeah. me at the mm-hmm. movie theater. It's lines in general to begin with. I can't do the pushing into my back and or touching me when I don't know you. Like, there, it's not going to help you get your popcorn faster. You're not going to get past the rope faster. Mm -mm. That's all a lot. Uh, My other least favorite thing is getting kicked in the back of your movie seat, you know? (sighs) Yeah. And when I can hear other people opening candy. I can even do a chewing, but it's that crinkling. Yes. I'm like, do it before the movie starts. That's As we established, <sighs> that crinkling noise yes. is so just, no, we don't like it. No, Neither it's one of awful. us. Yeah. I will say now that they've kind of revamped a lot of the movie theaters into those leather seats and mm-hmm. they kind of have their own little boxes, it's eliminated a lot of sure that. Sure has. So great job, designers. Yeah. You really took out a lot of the hindrance. So that's great. You really, you know, corrected for our terrible human yes, behavior. Yes. The other thing that I don't like at movie theaters is when people buy snow caps. What are you doing? Those weird chocolate chips with those little Ew. white things. I've never even wanted to try. No, they look disgusting. I, I'm, I'm sorry, but you need someone in your life to introduce you to candy because that's not it. That is not it. Put it what, back. What do you count as candy? Anything else Anything besides else. snow okay. caps. Right. Fair enough. <laughs> you got milk duds? You sure do. The, Mike loves a bunch of crunch. Oh, he yeah, does. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. I'll tell you right now, you put some M&Ms in that popcorn and they Oof. get kind of melty. That's better. Boom. What are you doing with a snow cap? Yeah. Little white things are getting caught in your teeth that really? don't even, you can't even bite. What Just challenge yourself to do better. Yeah. And 
Think about the name, snow capped. Yeah. What is snow capped? Because it's brown. So we're not talking about a mountain. Mm. Uh uh-uh. uh. Interesting. Aaron's making it look like you should know what that means. <laughs> I just don't like it. So if you enjoy snow caps, we can't go to the movies Ooh, together. Okay, Sorry. fair enough. Yeah. What about you? What annoys you at the movie theater? Oh God, everything you just said. Oh, the crowds. Mm-hmm. The uh, the yeah. Just thinking about it, you know. Mm. You know what I'm not liking a lot these days. I love a good preview. Yeah, I don't like all the stuff that happens before that, though. Oh, like I go yeah. to um, uh, Flicks Brew House quite a bit. Uh-huh. Love it. Love you can reserve your seats, get food, all that kind of stuff. But they play a good half hour of just nonsense beforehand, and I sounded really old just then. I'll say that just nonsense, foolery, foolery. No, it's like it's yeah, it's just a bunch of random like yeah. w- whenever you go to a Marvel movie there or something, it's just a bunch of random cartoons that. I don't want, I want to, I want to eat my food. Yeah. Not be distracted by this. I want to focus on my popcorn. Right. I want to focus. Yes. So that was my follow-up question. You do, you're a preview watcher. I do. Okay. I like previews. Do you stay all the way through the end? Like, do you watch all the credits or are you a get out of there kind of? Well, I'm usually get out of there, but Marvel movies, you got to stay. Mm-hmm. You got to stay to catch all the good stuff. So now I'm starting to, like, I'm wondering if more movies are going to do that. So I start staying yeah. just to see. Mm-hmm. That's happened to me a lot in comedies. Like mm-hmm. they do a little. Yes. So then now I'm paranoid and I always stay till the end. Exactly. Yeah. Because I got to know. Got to get that content. Yeah. Got to see it. And out of respect to all those people that put their. No, it's not because of that. It's just because <laughs> of the material. <laughs> and Mike's always like, let's go. Let's go. And I'm like, there could be something great. Yeah. And then there never is. And he's always right. And I'm like, I know. Just like, go to the car and not talk about it. But it's a, it's a sign, you know, that he he'll stay. He will. You. He will. He will. Good mic. I mean, sometimes Good he just mic. leaves and goes to the bathroom. And then I'm like, ha, there was something. I have to make it up. You missed it. Yeah. <laughs> of all the, you know, there's been a lot of improvements in mm-hmm. movie theaters. Like we mentioned, you know, the some of the reserved seating, like mm-hmm. the, the food. Yes. What's something that has improved your experience? Ooh. Well, the the seats, that whole box thing where you're kind of, you it's feel incredible. isolated. Yes. Yeah. That, that has made a, I love that. Mm-hmm. I also do like being able to buy tickets, you know, like whether it's Fandango oh. or whatever, being able to buy ahead of time yes. so you can get there right when you want to and not be like, it might be sold out. Yes. You know, that's. It's transformative. It is. It's up to the game. Mm-hmm. Plus then you can decide this looks too busy. I'm not going to go today. Right. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. Or you can see, like, are there people right next to me? Yeah. Nope. nope. I'm out. I'm out. Yeah. I'm done. Yeah. So I, I appreciate that a lot. They've really mm-hmm. improved that quite a bit. What about you? <laughs> I thought you were going to say another. <laughs> I was, and then I realized it was a negative, so I backed it up. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think the buying tickets ahead of time has reduced my anxiety mm-hmm. about crowds and about like, oh my God, if I don't get there, you know, 45 minutes ahead of time, right. then everything's going to be sold out. Uh-huh. That's wonderful. Yeah. I do not miss standing in line for tickets. Like, you know, when the, um, in the late nineties, when the Star Wars movies were re-released, mm-hmm. I remember so clearly standing in line outside River Hills, um, when those existed up there and just like, oh my God, okay, we're in line, but what if we, what if it's sold out when we get to the front? And yeah. I was an anxious young adult. Well, I can understand that. Yeah. Do you remember the days of you would wait and then it would be sold out? So you just buy tickets to a movie oh, you didn't God, want to see? Yes. See, I bet that there are films now that are suffering. <gasps> I bet you're you right. You know, I have to imagine that was a business strategy for some yeah. of them. Like, oh, we'll come out when Titanic's released because... If they can't get in. They can't get in. Boom. Default pick. That's a good point. And no one does that anymore because no. you can pick your seats ahead of time. I'm not going to a default movie. I'll just stay home. Plus, the advent of all the streaming services, I'll just wait. Yeah. If it's sold out. Yeah. Yeah. Very mm. true. Oh, dear. Yeah. So Sorry. in addition to the publishing industry, the movie industry is suffering. I mean, I guess they still make like a bajillion dollars. They do but still yeah. make a bajillion dollars. Yeah. So we really shouldn't feel sorry. No. no. I don't feel bad. All right. Yeah. Retract. They Redact pop- that Also, comment. I have to imagine they're somewhat supportive of snow caps because they're in every movie theater. <laughs> they so. are. So then no sympathy no. for them. None. Do you, I should, next time I go, I need to look and see what the expiration date is because I have to believe they've been there for years. They probably have. Like Since Titanic was released. Yeah. Yeah. Like, hey, guys, we've never replaced these snow caps. <laughs> is that a problem? No. I wonder if someone goes up and orders them. There's like a ceremony like, <laughs> You get them all. (laughs) It's like a prize. Yeah. 
a badge. There shouldn't be, but yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, is. if you have a, oh, maybe you do need a badge. Oh boy, you need. To maybe feel they better. take a picture, like when you go to those big steakhouses <laughs> and you eat like a two pound whatever, and they're like, "Who is the person like, that took the snow caps?" I was thinking, like the milk carton kids. Well, with the snow, that's terrible. Well, with a snow cap, like I'm like, this person actually ate snow caps and was never heard from again. <laughs> Oh boy, oh, that right. went dark. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what else? You see snow caps in a different form at weddings sometimes. They're you like, see what snow caps? What? <laughs> oh no, <laughs> she's losing it. They're like pastel at weddings, and they have oh, the yes. snow cap caps on the bottom. Ew! Like they're dipped in the bottom instead of the top. <laughs> Where does this? utter hatred of snow caps come from did you have a bad experience (laughs) did a stranger offer you snow caps and you've been scared ever since (laughs) maybe i repressed it somebody in a van drove by and threw them out at you i can deal with a lot but that's one there's so much great candy what are you doing that's true what are you up to think about your choices yeah good lord oh speaking of choices Is that how we're going to bring it? <laughs> I feel like, whoa, we spent a lot of time on snow caps there and pastel ones. <laughs> but you know oh. what? That could be deemed somewhat controversial. Maybe someone out there is digging on snow caps. Guess what? I've got another controversial pick. Bring it. Mm. So I chose The Color Purple by <gasps> Alice Walker okay. from 1982 mm-hmm. versus the movie from 1985. Okay. If you've seen the movie or the musical, I've never seen the musical. I'll say that. Uh, I've had some friends that seen it. They said it was amazing. Okay. Okay. If you've seen either one, you know the story, mm-hmm. right? Celie is a young girl when she's married to an older man. Mm-hmm. She's been abused at home, continues to be abused because the husband really wants to be with a woman named Suge Avery. Mm-hmm. In the movie, you meet Celie, her sister Nettie, the husband, Suge, and other characters, including Sophia. All of them, it's a portrait of black women nearly undone by poverty, patriarchy, but at the end, it, it's a very affirming story. Here's the thing. I think the movie's good. Got some iconic performances. We got Whoopi Goldberg. Mm. Got uh, Danny Glover. Mm-hmm. We've got friggin' Oprah. I mean, right. But the book is so much better. It really Do you is. agree? Yeah, yeah. I agree 100%. It's so much more complex. Mm-hmm. It's personal in big part because it's told through those letters, right? Mm-hmm. To, letters to God at first and then letters to Nettie, her sister. Mm-hmm. Um, it's her voice. It's her story. Plus, it sort of shows Celie discovering herself as like a woman, as a sexual being, mm-hmm. as a person. There's even a relationship that she has with Suge Avery that's completely taken out of the movie. Mm-hmm. It's a very fascinating and really beautiful portrait of this. And even more than this, beyond Celie, I think in the book, every character is shown a little more richly, a little more deeply. There's no like um, good or bad. Right. There's, you know, there's some elements of good and there's some elements of bad with everybody. Whereas in the movie, you know, the men are bad, the women are, you know, good. Yeah. Granted, yes, but there's a lot more, you know, gradient. There's a lot more nuance yes. in the book. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. I think, um, you know, like I mentioned, this, the letters, the structure, it's structured so well. Alice Walker is just a genius of a writer. When I went to start preparing for this episode, I started flipping through my copy again and I almost just started reading the whole thing again. It was yeah. just, it just sucks you in it does, so yeah. much. And even though it's, it's, um, so sophisticated and everything, it pulls you in. You could read it in an afternoon. I mm-hmm. think it's utterly delightful. Now, warning though. If you're not familiar with this, it does deal with abuse mm-hmm. um, of all kinds, sexual, physical, emotional. So there is that warning. But like I said, I think at the end, throughout, you see the development of this person beyond that abuse as well. Yeah. It's really well done. It is. It's beautiful. And it made me, just thinking about it, makes me want to read it again. Yeah. yeah. I, had, I had forgot just how gripping it was yeah. until, like I said, I started flipping through. and was like, oh shit, well, there goes my afternoon. <laughs> well, and I don't know if you have this experience, but sometimes I think of books that I read maybe in high school or college and I think, oh, I need to read that again because yes. I have so much different perspective now or I've read yes. other books that would, you know really enrich that experience. And sometimes I find myself like, oh, I really need to go back yes. and revisit. I want to reread um, this again. I want to reread Toni Morrison again. Yes. I think it would speak in yes. a lot of different ways. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Definitely. 
I think that's a good one. Excellent. I agree wholeheartedly with you. Even point. though it's controversial? Yeah. I, don't I mean, I, I don't know if it is really, no. but like, yeah, that's where I stand. I like it. Excellent. What about you? Plant your flag. Um, am I, I picked, uh, this is where I leave you ah. by Jonathan Troper. Mm-hmm. Um, this was a book first and then it's a movie. The movie got a little more buzz. So you might not have heard of the book until the movie came out. It had Some a big huge names. cast, mm-hmm. Jason Bateman, Tina Fey, Adam Driver, Jane Fonda, Rose Byrne. That's just the surface mm-hmm. of who's in that movie. Huge cast. Now, I'll be upfront and say that I enjoyed the movie, but just not as much as the book. The book has so much more. Mm-hmm. So much more about each of those characters. Kind of like you said, that gradient of getting to know them better. You know, I think part of a reading experience is you kind of get to put your own a little bit of your own Very spin much. on the character, or you take your own thing away. I think in a movie, you rely more on the director's version or the producer. You know, you have a little bit more, um, you're getting a little bit more definite idea than you are sometimes in a book. So the story is of Judd Foxman, the main character. Um, his father's died, and he has to go home and sit Shiva for seven days with his family, including brothers and sisters um, that he hasn't seen for quite some time. They all have varying degrees of crazy things going on in their lives. <laughs> a lot of crazy. Right. A yeah. lot of crazy. And this is at the same time that he finds out that his wife is having an affair with his boss. Right. So, and it has just become public. So he knows fully that everyone in his family knows, even though he didn't tell them. So he's going to this already emotionally charged situation in a real weird place in his life. Lots of brothers and sisters in weird places. So obviously you can see why, you know, you had all the names you had in it. Mm-hmm. But in the book, I mean, you just get to know each of those characters so much more. Um, there's secrets, grudges, raw emotions, passive aggressiveness, oh, love, favorite. support, humor, really everything a good family bonding experience mm-hmm. needs. Mm-hmm. Everything. So I just connected with the characters better. I think that I just got a better idea of kind of who they were, or you had maybe a little more empathy. Whereas in the movie, you're kind of just watching it and being fascinated by the plot. But I don't think you necessarily connect with the characters as much or feel as empathetic with them as I did with the book. And I I truly enjoyed the book uh, quite a bit. So I would recommend, I mean, really, I'd recommend both. But if you're only going to do one, you need to do the book. Mm -hmm. And you should certainly do the book before the movie. I agree. I think the movie, it got all those wonderful people, but then it didn't like really do Deliver, that much. Yeah, 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 which was a bummer. And t- in my opinion, you know that the book is good because it got all those people. For sure. To sign on. Like, yeah, I want to be part of this. Mm-hmm. That book was amazing. Yeah, I so, read this. Yeah. Connie Britton. Yeah. I want to get in there. Yeah. God, I love her. Yeah. So good. So really, it's a great read for anyone mm-hmm. honestly anybody would enjoy it there's a character to connect with there's so much great so much humor but there's also so much you know real emotion and thoughts and feelings about family and how we support each other so yeah i love everything about it oof yeah and as i recalled there was a lot more about the background that they had like the brothers too um yes that was in the then that was in the movie yeah. yes mm-hmm. yep absolutely interesting yeah okay okay mm-hmm. You know what I've got? Another pick. Oh. In another genre. Oh. You ready? I am. I am. <laughs> I am. It sounded real weird when I said that. Sorry. Um, my pick is The Watchmen by Alan Moore. Oh. Written in 1986. Okay. Versus the movie mm-hmm. that came out in 2009. Okay. So the story of The Watchmen. This is a graphic novel, mm-hmm. by the way. This is an alternate history. In this world... Uh, It's 1985, Mm -hmm. and superheroes have emerged in the 1940s and 60s. They changed history as we know it. We won in Vietnam because they were involved. Watergate was never revealed, so Richard Nixon's still president in the 80s. Um, Superheroes are now, though, called vigilantes, and they have been outlawed or made to work for the government. One of those working for the government is murdered, and a crew of former superheroes start looking into the murder. Now, the way this was done, like I said, is a graphic novel, so very visual, very provocative. Seems like a slam dunk for the movie, but it wasn't. Mm. The The movie was pretty good, but it focused on those visuals at sort of the expense of the story, okay. if you know what I mean. And mm-hmm. it got some great people. It had uh, – I'm completely blanking on who it had, mm-hmm. but some great so, people. There was great people. Great in it. That's all people. you need to know. Yep. Because <laughs> you're going to read the book anyway, so we don't exactly. – yeah. Who yeah. cares? Yeah. Right. 
Also, the movie changed the ending in a pretty significant and somewhat Mm. nonsensical way, Mm. to be honest. The book is so much better. Mm -hmm. It digs into some really weighty stuff, like what moral responsibility do superpowered beings have? Mm -hmm. What happens if they're used to do the government's dirty work? What happens when uber-powerful men use that power on women? Plus, the book has this whole other story woven within, like a comic book within a comic book, Ooh. which only deepens the overall message. And that story was, you know, cut out of right, the movie, right. of course. Because it's so highly visual, you can really tear through this. I've read it multiple times because it is such a quick read. Mm-hmm. And then I, I almost have to think, wait, what did I just read? It was so, so fast. I just tore through it. So I've read it multiple times because of that. If you like a darker look at superheroes, maybe a bit more Christian Bale Batman than Ben Affleck, come on, what's happening there? No, Ben, I like you, but that wasn't going to land. No. Not after Christian Bale. No. I mean, frankly, I like Lego Batman better than Ben (laughs) Affleck Batman. (laughs) Lego Batman's pretty awesome. (laughs) Right. I agree. So if you like that, or you like the gritty side of the Marvel movies, get it. If you're not sure about superheroes, though, feel like maybe they're a little silly, this is actually good, too, because it kind of skewers that superhero culture. Mm. It skewers like what we are, what we've been raised to read about superheroes. It's really interesting in that way. And guess what? Another go at a visual, at a, a movie is coming. But it's a show. It's an HBO series. It's coming this year, in mm. fact, with freaking Regina King and Jeremy Irons, among oh. many others. It's also going to be done by Damon Lindelof, who is behind Lost, The Leftovers, some really oh, killer wow. shows. Oh. So this could be this could change it. Yeah. Could change my whole opinion of this. This has Mike written all over it. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I think it's gonna be amazing. Yeah. I saw just a couple clips, like they did a HBO trailer for all the shows coming this year. Mm-hmm. Just even the look of it looks real. When is it? Interesting. It's coming in this year. 2019. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so high hopes that if they revisit this idea with that cast, with the people behind it, it yeah. could be really, Maybe really with well more done. room. And with more room. Exactly. Yeah. Like they could really expand. Whereas the movie, yeah, it just didn't do its service. Right. I don't think. That is something cool that's happening with entertainment, I think, in yes. this with streaming services and a lot of uh, channels making their own content. We've really gotten a big expansion of like, we're going to make that a series instead of a movie. And which is amazing. It serves it so much better Mm -hmm. sometimes. It really does. Yeah. Like I mentioned the leftovers, um, they turned that book, great book into like a, what a 10, 10 episode, you know, show. And then they went beyond it. Yeah. Yeah, It was so good. So good. Yeah. Loved that. I like that. That's, Thank that's you. great. Yeah, I think it's going to be – I'm excited about the show, but I, I do really recommend the book, mm-hmm. even just to get sort of a, a bearing for the show when it comes, because it could be a little bit different, yeah. too. Um, and a hell of a read. That sounds great. Well, I – so for the the other genre pick, what I did was – because I started with a book that I think is better than the movie. Mm. I'm going to end with a movie I think is better than the book. Me too. So in the middle, I did a book and movie I like equal. <gasps> wow. I know. Weird. I Weird. am so excited and literally on the edge of my seat because <laughs> I have to are. lean forward to get into this microphone. So I'm already ready. Oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> um, and it's this might come from left field. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. I'm ready. The book and movie that I like the same amount is Jarhead by Anthony Swafford. Oh, yes. Yeah. So this was a movie. Um, Jake Gyllenhaal played the character. Mm-hmm. It's a Gulf War memoir. Um, he was a Lance Corporal in Operation Desert Storm. Anthony Swafford was the author. Um, and obviously the, the title of it refers to the high and tight haircut of the Marines. <laughs> I don't know why I said it like that. It was really the expression. <laughs> high and tight. High and tight. Yeah. Oh, we can all tell I'd make it in the Marines. <laughs> that would be a show I would watch the oh, hell man, out right? of. So it's a very gripping account of what a what daily life is like for Marine. Not so much in a battle zone. I mean, he's he's stationed somewhere, but more just like the day to day when you're waiting, what you're doing, the anticipation, the anxiety. Um, what's interesting about this is that he actually went to the Ira Writers Workshop that he oh. enrolled and graduated from the Ira Writers Workshop like okay. a decade after he was in the Gulf War. So 
it got some criticism, the book did, when it came out that it was lacking voice in some spots or like it was singing the party line, like they didn't think that he was saying enough. And I actually truly believe the opposite. I think what happened in this book is that he so masterfully caught and captured the isolation and the loneliness and the singularity of one soldier that it felt like it was lacking voice because that's what it was at that time. He didn't have a voice. He's a number. He was singing the party line. You're stationed. You got to do what you're asked to do. So you do lose a sense of yourself. And so many people saw that and yeah. didn't think it was actually Yeah, didn't real think writing. he went deep yeah. enough. Mm-hmm. And I think what he did was put that together so perfectly that I really, for me, the book really evoked that kind of emotion. Mm-hmm. It evoked the isolation, it evoked the loneliness. And I think, you know, you're going to get criticism like that when you do anything that's remotely political. Sure. I mean, somebody's going to have something to say about it. I loved the fact that it focuses more on the weight than the actual battle. It doesn't rely on huge battle scenes. It doesn't rely on, um, you know, I'm not going to say it doesn't rely on violence because there is violence. There is, you know, heartbreaking, horrible moments. Um, you know, obviously there's a lot of swearing. There's a lot of really in your face things that you would expect. I mean, it's, you know, supposed to be a real portrait. Um, I, it, the movie stars Jake Gyllenhaal and Jamie Foxx, and there are differences between the movie and the book, which is why I can say I like them both equally, because I almost think they stand independently, mm-hmm. where I think you can look at the movie as just kind of being based on the book or serving as having this character and pulling some of the stuff from it. But I really think the book is an actual deep look at how he felt. And you might get some of that in the movie. I don't think that it necessarily all translated, um, but in and of itself, it's a great movie. So you can't really say like right. in this position, I couldn't really say that the book was a hundred percent better because the movie's great. It's almost like they're different in a way. So you kind of can enjoy them separately. So like two takes almost on the same yes, story. Yes, yeah. that's exactly. Yeah, that's a good way to be. And I feel like nothing that's written, especially about like a war memoir, really anything that's written, that's not supposed to be the end all be all about that topic. And I think sometimes uh, especially literary criticism can kind of fall in that like, oh, well, it didn't hit this. Okay, but that was their version of it, right? That wasn't important to them at this time. And I think that that a lot of the criticism that this book got kind of falls into that for me. Well, yeah, he didn't cover that part, because that's not what he's talking about. Mm-hmm. You know, that's not the he can't cover every single feeling, thought, emotion, moment that he had. The and there's other stories that do yes. that. And that wasn't his story. Exactly. Yeah. So I think it's a both versions are a great reminder of no matter what the situation is, the tough battles we fight internally, how we deal with external circumstances, how we deal with each other. I, I loved all of it. And I think it's really great too. If you, I don't have a lot of um, military experience. I obviously haven't experienced the military myself. Um, you know, I have some extended family members that have, but I, you know, no one in my immediate family has. So I think that it's a great a great introduction to, to kind of help you understand some of those things and to get away maybe some from some of the stereotypes. Although there are some that are fulfilled in this book, I think it, it speaks more to some of those actual raw emotions and feelings. So Mm -hmm. I remember seeing the, when did the movie come out? Do you remember early 2000s? Yeah. 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 I remember seeing it and and feeling very affected by it because Mm -hmm. there were there was a lot of serious stuff, but there was also humor that mm-hmm. was done so well. Is it that way in the book as yes, well? Yes. Wow. And I, you know, I love that. I think when somebody can do yes. that, that seems the most realistic to me because serious situations are serious, but you, as a humans, we can only sustain that for a period of time. You need right. some of that levity. You need some of those moments where you can take a step back and say, oh, you know, breather. Mm-hmm. That's why I love humor so much because it's great for that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it, I think that the book does that wonderfully. Also, Peter Sarsgaard is in the movie. Yes. I'm a fan of his. Yes. Married to Maggie Gyllenhaal. Yeah. Sister Her, of Jake, Jake Gyllenhaal. Gyllenhaal. Hey, brother-in-law, want to oh, be in hey. this movie? Yeah, I do. <laughs> I don't know if that's how it went down. I made it sound like Jake Gyllenhaal was in charge. He probably wasn't. I just... No, Actually, he, was. he wasn't because I read that they thought that he was too soft for this movie, that he really? was not, he Which didn't have the right image. And then he like specifically called the director and was like, no, I can do this. Like, I want to do this. Which is so interesting because his career now has just been one like dark thing yeah. after another. Yeah. He really wow. took a path. He did. He said, oh, 
You want to see hard? I'll raise you hard. Guess what? Do dark, twisty, and scary. Next decade is full of it. Yeah. I won't stop. <laughs> Romantic comedy, schmomedy, not a chance. You know, speaking about levity and serious situations, do you ever have that tick where you're in a very serious situation and you just feel like you're going to laugh? Uh-huh. uh-huh. Mm-hmm. My brother has that pretty bad, John. <laughs> um, there have been a few situations, family lore, where John just couldn't control it. It got real bad. <laughs> I like that. I I admire him for it. And he fully owns it. He's like, yeah, yeah I know. This is what I do. But, I, I yeah. have that too. And sometimes mine comes out in like, I'm the person that makes the joke that's mm. real ill-timed and Ooh, like nobody's ready yet. Yeah, and you're yeah. like, oh, okay. Yep, yep. Yeah. And then if you start laughing, you can't stop. Oh, God, no. Mm-hmm. No, because mm-hmm. then you're realizing like, oh, I got to stop. And so it just won't. <laughs> and then it turns into like stop. a real crazy, oh my gosh, I can't get like control of myself. Like a maniacal laugh. Yeah. <laughs> you got a real supervillain laugh over yeah. there. Yeah, what's going on? <laughs> it's this real serious topic, but thanks. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. Good for you, John. Good for you, John. I want more people like you. I think he'll appreciate that. I think so. I mean, in all areas of life. All areas. You're getting it, John. <laughs> you're doing great. It sounded like we're not saying that he is. No, we're actually being serious. Serious, John. Gosh, don't take that the wrong way. Don't laugh at us right now. Uh. Don't nervous laugh. Anyway, oh boy. Uh. So now we're switching away from Mm. saying that books are the best, Mm -hmm. and we're moving into a place where we say books are not the The best. best. The movie's better. Feels weird saying this. It shows that we're well-rounded people. Oh God, it does. You're Mm -hmm. right. Mm Well, mm-hmm. I've got a maybe another controversial one. Oh, and it's not okay. a movie; it's a TV show. Okay, All because right. like we were saying, you know, a lot of books yes. turn into TV Absolutely. shows. It's the Game of Thrones TV show over the book. And I'll be honest; if I heard myself say this a few years ago, I would have slapped myself across the face mm. because I was not feeling this way. Okay, all right. I felt like the books were better, but I was wrong. Mm. I've changed. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to set this show up a little bit, but honestly, if you haven't heard of Game of Thrones, just maybe wake up from the amnesia or the coma you've been in for yeah. 10 years. But here's the thing. It's a fantasy series, mm-hmm. okay? It's um, set in a world called Westeros. And guess who's in Westeros? We've got the Starks who live up in the north. They hang out with wolves. They're ruled by honor, sometimes to their detriment. Mm-mm. We've got the Lannisters who live in wealth. They sometimes get down with incest. We've got brother and sister pair who are also lovers and parents. So that's okay. That's that. Yeah. Yeah. We've also got the Targaryens. (laughs) I can see why that's not on the previews and on the ads. Like, yeah, I don't want to lead with that, but yeah. Okay. All right. It is pretty amazing though, that two of the main characters are brothers and sisters who also have a romantic relationship and we're cheering for them. Yeah. But also hating them because they're terrible. But also cheering for them. It's real weird. You start to question yourself. Okay. Yeah. All right. We've also got the Targaryens uh-huh. who hang out with dragons and they get booted out of the country in a rebellion. But now the last heir is a warrior queen bent on getting the throne back and she's got three dragons. Doing her bidding. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So there's so, so much. That's just the very you yeah. know, tip of it. Now, here's the thing. The show started before the series was fully written. There were five books by George R. R. Martin that were just phenomenal. They're so – they're really big, physically big. Mm-hmm. They're, they dive into all of these characters in this rich history in this phenomenal way. It's really impressive how he's brought all this together. Um, so he had five books done. There were two more in the works to end the series. However, the show caught up <laughs> to the books – um, and so after the point, the books weren't done. So the show just kept going. And that's around the time where I was like, oh, this is good. Because I didn't know anymore what was going to happen. Mm-hmm. I wasn't comparing it to the book. So I was only judging the show on its merit. And oh, dear God, is the show good. So freaking good. And part of it is that the people they cast for each of the main characters and even some of the side characters, they just did such an excellent job mm. with casting these people. Um, the sets they, they make, the commitment to the show, like the battle scenes, they take like months and months to film. Like it's more impressive than most movies that you see now. I mean, it's, there's so much written about how they've gone about creating this show to be this juggernaut that it is. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and so much of it is they, they really feel like they're making just massive films on a huge scale, Mm -hmm. like unlike anything we've ever seen. 
So I'm saying this preparing to get my heart broke because by the time this episode airs, the show will be done. Um, there's only right now three or four episodes left. And I know we're gearing up towards the final battle. There's going to be a lot of people that die. A lot of my favorite characters. I've already said goodbye to many of my favorite characters because one thing this show does in the book, it has no fear of killing off main characters. Okay. And in fact, it's kind of influenced. You can see the influence of this show on other shows where like the whole first season of this show, Game of Thrones, um, it ended with one of the main characters dying. And it's done this a number of times. Mm -hmm. And you can see other shows started taking this on almost like ratings grabs, you know, like who's yeah. going to die in this episode kind of thing. Um, so as I said, some of my favorites, they're bound to die. But I still love the show. I'm in it till the end. And when the show is done, you're going to get a message, Erin. I, I hope so. It may just be crying. It's fine. It just may send be me audio. Tears. <laughs> I may just record audio of myself. <laughs> yeah. I like it. Yeah. Without uh, any context. You, I uh, listened to an interesting um, – they were kind of talking about uh, the – author the position he's in now because he's yes. supposedly writing the end yes. as well which i've thought about this i don't know if i want to read them honestly which that's is what he's fighting yes. yeah which i yeah i imagine i'm not the only fan that mm -hmm. feels this way um i imagine no matter what he does in those final books it's going to be disappointing to those of us who have watched the show yeah even if just and and granted the show creators they know where george rr R. martin was going they planned to make the end mm -hmm. similar to what he was planning for the end but the route they get there is probably different yeah so yeah i i don't know if i'm gonna commit to that or not there's a lot of done. like if you look that up there's a lot of speculation about because mm -hmm. he was trying to write to be ahead of it he and was he lost failing yeah. yeah and there's like a lot of speculation about whether it was almost like a pressure thing like he couldn't you know I would completely Because how would you? Yeah. yeah. I mean, you got this crazy thing that's so successful and then you're going to write a book. I mean, it'd be like writing Harry Potter after the movies came out. Exactly. Like, how are you going to yeah. reel that back in? And granted, there, you know, the the show has stuck very closely to the books in a mm. lot of key ways. But the ways that it's changed from the books is probably why I'm saying the show is better. Oh. Because it really, especially the last book or two, there was a lot of fat to be cut out yeah. of it, really. And the show did a really good job of doing that and getting to the point of what was needing to be done right. and sidestepping some of the flaws that Interesting. Martin had done. Yeah. Wow. You haven't watched any of it, have nope, you? Nope, haven't read it Do you have it any plans it. to watch any you of You know, it? I used to say I did, and I, there is still a part of me, but I think, okay, we talked about this before, that I'm a little <laughs> bit like, if you tell me to do something, I just won't. I don't know why. I, that's just part of my personality. I just accept it And now. the whole world is telling you to watch it, and yeah. you're like, I don't think so. No, I'm not mm -mm. going to do it. I think that what's going to happen is I'm going to discover it like two years after everyone's over it, right. and then everyone's going to be really annoyed, because I'm gonna be like, have you guys seen Game of Thrones? <laughs> They're going to be like, Yeah. Two years ago, weirdo. <laughs> There's this woman on Instagram that I follow um, that she has like a cousin or a sister that has been catching up. So the woman on Instagram will take screen caps of the text exchanges that are happening where the, the, the sister is catching up to all these things and just like, what is happening? Oh, my God. It's incredible. So this will be what happens with yes. you and I. Yes. You'll watch it a few years from now. Yeah. Like, wait a second. What? Who's this? Huh? What's happening? Yeah. Why is this happening? Yeah. And I will help you through that process it's like when mike discovered lost like 10 years after yes. the finale and then everyone we talked to like in a social situation yes. he was like have you seen lost and they're, they're like, like yeah you mean lost the teeth like they thought it was something new <laughs> and i'm like no he's actually talking yeah no he just yeah no nope. yep <laughs> to bring up that pop culture from 10 years ago yeah but i mean to mike's to be fair it's an excellent show yeah it's amazing but it, i i know it was a lonely viewing experience Aww. for him because you know Everybody knows what's going to happen, and yeah. he's out there on an island of his own. <laughs> See how I did that? <laughs> well, you know what? That, that'll that be you in a couple of years with be. Game of Thrones. I know. I know it's going to happen. Yeah. I have no doubt. And I'm much more likely to watch the show probably than read the books at this point. So I, That's what I would advise. Yeah. Yeah. It's a phenomenal experience. Just steer clear of spoilers for a few years, and there you go. Oh, all right. Perfect. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I've, so far, I have. Excellent. I mean, I know winter's coming. <laughs> Guess what? It's come. Oh, it's here in this no, final season. Okay. Yep. All it's right. here. Well, there it is. So that's all I know. <laughs> <laughs> that's good because that's the thing they say in almost every episode. So you've got that. I got it. Okay, uh, okay, from okay. lots of t-shirts that yeah. I've seen. <laughs>
boy. Well, the movie that I'm going to take a stand on and Ooh. say is better than the book. What? It's called Molly's Game. <gasps> Ooh. Yes. So this was a book that was written by Molly Bloom, who is the main yes. character in Molly's Game. Um, if you're if you don't know any of the story, she was an Olympic class skier that uh, you know worked hustled her way basically into running the most exclusive high stakes poker game basically for a decade before she was arrested. And when I say high stakes and I say like high stakes, I mean high stakes. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about Tobey Maguire, Ben Affleck. That's right. I mean, crazy amounts of Hollywood people that were at these games. She says in her memoir about people literally losing a million dollars in a night on bets. I mean, she the stories are unbelievable. And I, I did. I read the memoir and I saw the movie. So the reason that I'm saying that the movie is better is because I think that they did a better job of capturing her as a character. Um, and I say that as a compliment basically to her because she was a, mo- a lot more complex than it seemed on the surface. I think it was just kind of like, oh, okay. So this lady ran a high stakes poker game, and got caught, you know, oh, well, but the movie does such a great job of illustrating a lot of the, um, behind the scenes story, mm-hmm. you know, some of the things that were happening that you're like, yeah, that is really odd that she's, you know, how much trouble they had prosecuting her, but then also the things that they were trying to get to stick that were like, well, that's not really her issue, is it? I mean, that she ran a game and they agreed to do it, you know? So there was, there's a lot of that in the movie where you're going to feel kind of sympathy and empathy for her. And then you're going to be like, well, no, this isn't right. So, and I didn't get that complexity in the book. Mm -hmm. I didn't feel that way. It was more just like reading the story and, oh, that's interesting. So I'm not going to say that it's not, worth a read if you are interested in the story at all, especially after you watch the movie. It's just not as complex or as detailed. So in the movie, uh, Molly Bloom is played by Jessica Chastain, which Mm -hmm. is also reason enough that the movie's better. But um, it's there's just so many great moments in the movie. Um, The lawyer character in the movie is not actually based on anyone from the book. Her lawyer Mm. is in the book, but not in the same role. And uh, Sorkin... Yeah. 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 And Sorkin admits that he wanted that character to be able to move the story in the directions he wanted it to. So he kind of took, you know, a lot of licensure with that. So it's not... That part's not based on anyone, but the rest of it, it just needed the expert hands of him, of Aaron Sorkin to really yes. hit all the points. Mm-hmm. And I, cause I think some stories just are better served by a visual of really seeing some of these things play out or, you know, when you read, sometimes you can minimize it, you know, Oh, a million dollars. Okay. But when you're actually watching the guy on screen and realizing what's he going to do, mm-hmm. like, how is he going to come up with, you know? So it, I really, really enjoyed the movie a lot. I liked how they did um, her her narration, her voiceover. Yes, yes. just um, just this fast, mm-hmm. you know, constantly moving, mm-hmm. uh, you know, telling how it went, but also just getting to hear her voice. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it, it, I think that served the story a lot. I like too how they brought out a lot of parts um, that you could really respect about her, mm-hmm. like the business savvy that she had yes. to see this opening and the way she kind of took it and how she got herself in there, um, her commitment to it. I mean, there are some things there you could really admire her for. And I think that that comes across really well in the movie. Yes. Um, which is kind of funny because you would think she would write it that way in an effort, you know, like to, to kind of plead her case almost, but no, it's, yeah, she definitely, it definitely comes across better in the movie, I think. And I think you're right. The casting was the key because she just Brilliant. embodies that character so well. Yes. Yeah. You're right. You get sort of that vulnerability that she has, but also, you know, the like, oh, I see what's happening here and I'm going to take advantage. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. And interesting fact, just a weird little note. Hmm. Um, and there's a scene in the movie where her lawyer speaking to her, Iris Delva, and he holds up the book the memoir and he's pointing to it and it's the actual cover of the memoir except that they put jessica chastain's face <laughs> on where you know like it's they remade the cover but with her but it looks exactly the same as the actual memoir wow i know it's kind of like a ooh, weird mm. real world moment i bet then the movie reissued the book with jessica chastain on the cover. i think that i'm sure there's movie tie and they always do yeah. that right yeah i mean they always kind of read and issue it with a 
to grab that other mm-hmm. audience. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which <laughs> I saw a funny cartoon of like a publisher and there was a publisher and author and like the first little square is him handing him the cover of his book and he's like awesome and then the second square is him having a cover of the movie tie-in book and the author just throwing it against the wall like this isn't (laughs) anything that i said (laughs) because i'm sure that they do have that feeling like oh okay now this book is just about jessica chastain fine (laughs) yeah that has to be such a weird feeling you know on on this theme of your books being turned into movies it has to be very gratifying in in a lot of ways because you know yeah Exactly. Like you don't really have control anymore. No. I know like, you know, Gillian Flint, Gillian Flynn, Gillian Flynn, um, you know, did her own screenplay. So then she was able to like yeah. still have some control of Gone Girl and things, but not every author gets that opportunity. No. So it must be, yeah, kind yeah. of scary. And, but also cool because you're yeah. getting money and, you know, yeah, maybe more readers. Yes. But yeah. Which you brought up Gone Girl, so I have to say, this harkens back to an episode we've already done about sequels, but that is a movie I could use a sequel to. Where are those two twisty characters? How's that marriage going? right. I need to check in. You're right. That's a good one. Because the point at which we leave them is real dark. Yes. I just need to know what happens. Yeah. I mean... I mean, she's are they not. just eating broccoli at night and some chicken and being like, "Remember when that was weird? We kind of both <laughs> lost our heads, didn't we? That yeah. was so weird that that happened, huh? huh. Now hey, we're all fine. Yeah, everything's Let's good. Go to the PTA. Should we plan a family vacation? We haven't done one for a while. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> wow. Ooh. I mean, we could write that. We could do a broads and books take on Gone Girl. I don't see that it would go anywhere, but great. Right. I don't, I think that everything about that would be perfect. Right. In fact, I'm surprised we haven't been commissioned to do it already. I mean, we could, you know, film one on spec. (laughs) (laughs) Now it's gotten even worse. I could maybe get in on the screenplay. I have not, no part of filming. (laughs) Which character do you want to play? Amy or Nick? (laughs) Nick. You're Amy already. All right, yeah, I know. Yeah. Okay, great. So I'll be Nick. Cool. I'll we can draw like a, one of those weird beards. <laughs> <laughs> like with eyebrow pencil, so it's real obvious that it's not a real beard. Perfect. God, this is going to be good. <laughs> I feel like I can pull off Ben Affleck. <laughs> can you see the merchandising opportunities too? Oh, I'm sure he would oh. embrace it wholeheartedly. <laughs> Never made more money when that broad from Broads and Books imitated me. <laughs> okay. Uh, sounds great. Yep. All I don't right, see well, anything we, wrong with we it. We know what we're doing after this episode. Yeah. yeah. So I think we got to get started on we that. We do. We really but do. you guys can wait. And then next Wednesday, yeah. we'll be back. We'll be back. With another one. It won't be Gone Girl 2. It'll be a whole separate episode. We'll see. But I mean, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> In the meantime, though, you can head to our website, broadsandbooks.com. You can check out all the recommendations we made. So if you're driving, you don't remember what the book is, website boom listed, uh, as well as one bonus pick. So mm-hmm. each episode, there's one extra pick on our website Yeah, just for people that find their way there. And you can tell that we're encouraging you mm-hmm. to find your way to mm-hmm. our website because there's the bonus pick. There's also bonus material. What? Yeah. I mean, Come there's on. a new gift guide. You know, we're we're getting into summer. There's yes. lots of stuff happening. You need gift guide ideas. We got them. It's like a delicious bread basket just waiting for you. <laughs> it's the best thing about going out to eat. <laughs> Great. It's yeah. the best part of going out to eat. And when you bread eat basket. that delicious bread, yeah. you're like, man, I really like this restaurant. God, this bread is good. I want to tell everyone. Yeah. Take that feeling, mm-hmm. the bread feeling. That I'm going to call it the bread feeling. Good, you know, <laughs> the full bread, feeling. bread feeling. <laughs> Whatever it is, banana bread, regular <laughs> bread. Uh, you take that, you go to the internet, mm-hmm. and you write a review for us. Oh, man. Yes. So wherever you get your podcast, Apple, simple. Very simple. They have simplified it as they do a lot of things. They really have. And made it real easy to write a view. Other formats, they're working on it. But sure. you're probably going to have to go online to do it. And we understand that that might be, you know, you have to take a little trip. But, but while mean, you're there, check out our website. Don't don't lie to us. We know you go to get other things on the internet. I mean, take a break from work. You've yes. been working hard. Yes. Go on the, you know, listen yes. to us. And go leave a review. Get a piece of bread. Yeah. <laughs> don't forget that bread basket. A little snack. Nope. And then write a review. Right. Yeah. Boom. Perfection. Oh, boy. Yes. And while you're at it, mm-hmm. why don't you send us some ideas? 
Because guess yes. what? We've had some people send us some theme ideas and we are producing those episodes, not as we speak, because we're doing this episode right now. Right, right, but right. But we it, are, it's we are, in the works. It's in the works. Yeah. So you could be like them. You could have a whole episode based on your idea. You could help decide the bread that's in the bread basket. You sure could. <laughs> so whatever kind of bread you dig, it could be what we talk about. <laughs> I really pushed this as far as I can with the bread basket. I think I think you did. All yeah, right. Yeah. Well, in the meantime, you can find us on Facebook, mm-hmm. Twitter, yeah, Instagram with bread pictures. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And on the website, you can find our email. Talk to us. Talk. Let to us know us. what's up. We want to hear from you. Yeah, we do. And until then, happy reading. I'm up again. Same night, another dream. Before trying this recording thing, I didn't remember much of anything of these dreams. I didn't remember much from any of the women. And one night of doing this, and it's broken things open. The dreams are, they're in me, and they're they're coming out of me, and... To me, I am not broken. I am the most whole, most their despair. I cause their despair. I wait for the word. I wait for the word. Witch. 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 Look at the mad woman in her cage. She was a woman with holes inside her. That was the heaviest factor. The final evidence. The heart of the issue. Somehow, you understand this. You. You. You hear me. Wherever you are, whatever this is, you... This isn't a dream journal anymore. It's not. That's just, it's just fact. <laughs> because now this is, this is some sort of record. What are these dreams? Maybe there's a better question. Who are these women? Weird Woman is a Broads and Books production. All nine episodes are available January 10th. Listen and subscribe to Weird Woman on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and your favorite podcast platform. That's W-Y-R-D, Woman, wherever you listen to podcasts.